treat to be able to praise the Lord in Spanish, which has kind of become a heart language for me, and when I can praise and worship and uh, just sing to the Lord in, in that language, it kind of, I don't know, just explodes a little more out of me. So that is a treat. Thank you, Carlos, for, for that. And I think I'm just going to actually preach in Spanish this morning. So <laughs> if we're all ready for that... Um, Hey, if you guys uh, wouldn't mind, we're going to go ahead and just jump straight in. I have a limited time with you this morning. So if you have Philippians, if you have the book of Philippians 4 that you can open up to, um, we're going to be hanging out in Philippians for quite a while, get my notes organized. Philippians 4, verse 13, it was Thanksgiving week, and uh, I had had my shoulder operated on just a few days before. It was about 3 in the morning, and I couldn't sleep. I was a little restless, and uh, I decided to get up. I kind of felt the Lord was stirring in my heart, and he had some things that he wanted to show me. So I went downstairs to my dining room table and began to pray and began to seek the Lord and, and open my Bible, and he led me to this verse, to Philippians 4, 13. Let's read it together. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, uh, I'm reading from the ESV, so my version might be a little bit different than years, but it's still God's word. Um, when I was a child, when I was growing up, that verse, what it meant to me was, have any dream that you want, and God will give you the strength to achieve it. Kind of dream, whatever you want. Well, it turns out I'm not a famous NFL running back. And uh, with my millions of dollar salary, I didn't buy a mansion for every member of my family. I did not win a lot of medals in wrestling, and I'm not a bush pilot in Alaska. So, all of my dreams fell apart. Um, so, either that scripture isn't true, or my understanding is a little off. I think probably it's the understanding one. Lord, give us understanding this morning. Help us to, to capture what you're saying in your word. Um, let it hit our hearts. Let it hit our minds. Lord, and move us in this day in Jesus' name. It's good when you're trying to understand the word that you look at the broader context. So let's go back a couple verses to verse 11, Philippians 4.11. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Okay, I still don't fully understand what that phrase, do all things, what that refers to. But whatever the truth of the scripture is, it holds firm through all of life's circumstances. Through the highs and lows and abundance and plenty, this thing stays true. Circumstances. Paul, the author here, is writing about highs and lows, and it's, I think, good for us to look at some of his highs and lows. When he wrote that down, what images came to his mind? The highs and lows of Paul's life. Well, for starters, I think one of the highs of Paul's life was before he was Paul, when he was still Saul, before he met Jesus and his life got turned upside down, he was a Pharisee, which was a very elite group in society. He was, um, he was a part of this group that was difficult to get in, into. You had to obey a lot of rules, and you had to maintain those rules. They were a prestigious group. They were important. They were respected. They were influential. In society, and Saul was a rising young star. So I think for him, he was kind of the who's who of the Jewish world back then, before Jesus came and messed his life up. Um, so that was that was a high for 
for him. He knew what it meant to have plenty and be surrounded by abundance. Lows, the lows of Paul's life. 2 Corinthians, I'm going to read from a list that he goes in and describes some of his lows. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 23. We'll begin there. With far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers. In toil and hardship through my sleepness, many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there's the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Those are some pretty low lows. I think Paul was one of the few people that experienced the very most torturous thing that a human body can, can withstand. He experienced starvation and, and to be lacking the very necessities of life of food and shelter and water to go without those. So Paul kind of, he knew both extremes of that spectrum. He knew what it means to be without anything and he knew what it means to have everything. But no matter the circumstances, he came to this place where there was this truth that he could do all things through Christ who strengthens him. So what are these all things? What is that referring to? It's not the NFL for me. I am not this running back that you hear of. What is it? What are these action points that we're referring to here? I think if you look at Paul's life, you look at the overarching purpose and passion of Paul's life, you can draw two conclusions. The first one is found in Philippians 3, just one chapter back, 5 and 8. Philippians 3, 5 through 8. Paul tells us a little bit about himself. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Paul abandoned the pursuit of status and he abandoned the pursuit of possessions. For what? To know Christ. Knowing Christ. The surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus. Now when Paul says knowing, he's not referring to knowing things about Christ or knowing information about God. It's not the baseball card stats on Jesus. It's not just good Christian conduct and morality. It is a relationship, an intimate two-way relationship where you are knowing him and you are being known by him. That's what he longs for. I had an experience a couple weeks ago where I was sick in bed. I had strep throat, and my wife was taking care of me. She was very tender and kind and sweet, and loving, and at one point she was, she was praying over me, praying the Lord's healing over me. And while she prayed, my heart began to just split open. And God was revealing to me more love than I had ever known before. Through my wife, Kristen, 
And through her, her gentleness and her tenderness, he was saying, I love you more than you know, and I want to open your heart and fill it with even more of my love. And to be honest, it kind of hurt, and it was kind of scary to just have my heart be stretched even further open and be filled with even more of his love, but it was so good. It was so good. I felt him ask me, do you trust me with even more of your heart? Because I want to fill it with even more of my love. I want you to know my love even more. Right now, in this season, the Father wants more of our hearts. Will we listen to his voice? Will we trust him and open our hearts to him? So that is our first action point, to know Christ in an intimate way. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. I can know Christ through him who strengthens me. No matter the circumstances of life, no matter the season that I'm in, I have this purpose of knowing Christ. Our first action point. Our second is referred to in Philippians 1. So one chapter back, Philippians 1, 21, verse 21. Paul, again, is, is describing something in his own life. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. Paul had a choice between life and death. I believe at times his body was so broken and so destroyed that if he would have just let go in his spirit, he would have departed to be with Christ. And he had a choice, but he chose to fight, to hold on to life and stay with those people because there was something there for him to do. There was a purpose among the people. It wasn't just knowing Christ more. He could have done that even better in heaven. There was something for Paul among those people. In Acts 20, 24, he clearly defines it when he speaks parting words to a dear group of brothers. Acts 20, 24, but I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. If I can just do that, if I can just finish my course and make Christ known. I, I kind of rephrase that, to make Christ known. It's holding Jesus up as high as you can for everyone to see around you and giving them every opportunity to understand who he is and have the opportunity to put their own faith in him and trust him as their savior. Through our lives, through our actions, through our words, not missing an opportunity for those around us surrounding our lives to get to know Jesus. I believe that God is not a random God or a sporadic God. I believe our God orchestrates and that he ordains. I believe that there are specific people in our lives, around us, right now, that he wants to draw near to himself using us. There are people that he wants to impact and call into his kingdom, and he wants to use you. He's lined you up. You're a part of the plan to reach that person. 
Think about your family, your extended family. Think about the neighbors that you have that live around you. Think about your coworkers, maybe people that you see five days a week for 40 hours. There are specific people that God wants to use you to impact for his kingdom. To make Christ known. So that same action point, I think we can stick that up into our verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can make Christ known through him who strengthens me. No matter the circumstances of life, no matter the season that I'm in, I have a purpose in this place to make him known. All right, I want to break this down to the practical and to the, uh, the personal. I'll start with myself. I'm sitting in my dining room table that Thanksgiving week, and uh, I come to the realization that it's not easy for me to be here in Nebraska. Now, don't get me wrong, I grew up here, I know the culture, go Huskers. Um, I love, absolutely love to be with my family, to sit up here with my brother, and uh, to go and visit with my dad and my mom, and grandma and grandpa were here with my cousin this first service, and I absolutely love every moment that I can be with my family. And many of you, we get together and have dinner, I love you guys, and I love to be with you, I do. But moving from the Dominican here kind of feels like driving from fifth gear and dropping it into first gear for me. It's kind of a, a complete shift of pace. You know, life in the Dominican is, is very fast. It's, it's, you know, the little high school beanball thing of, of hyperactivity, and I'm running around, and I have tons of people in my life, and I'm having people in and out of the house all day, and it's very loud and it's very visible, and we're driving motorcycles, crossing rivers, going up to the mountains to reach these villages and, and taking a group of guys up, backpacking for five days to talk about what it means to be a man of God and going on spearfishing trips out into the ocean. And, and it's adventure and it's fast and that's, that's where I feel alive. That's my fifth gear. You turn that whole thing upside down and I hit Nebraska and, uh, and it's quiet. You never hear that on a Sunday in the Dominican. <laughs> It's so weird. <laughs> it's slow. Um, it's manageable. It's my wife at school several days a week and me at home trying to take care of my daughters in the house with one left arm in the cold Nebraska winter. <laughs> and uh, it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's, it's my first gear. Um, you know, if you imagine that you're driving down the interstate at 65 miles an hour in fifth gear and you're just flying and all of a sudden you pop that thing in first, what happens? You get a really bad whiplash, and, uh, and you kind of feel like instead of flying by the world, that the world now is flying by you. And that's kind of how I feel, you know? I'm, 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 I'm there, and that's, that's where I'm at, and that's okay that that's where I'm at. I think Paul had his own fifth gear and first gear seasons. You think about Paul, and he's going from town to town, and he's going to the synagogues, and he's preaching, and he's sharing the word of God, and on the streets, and he's preaching, and people come to know him, and he's, he's gathering these groups, and he's teaching, and he's discipling, and he's getting these spiritual sons, and he's sending them out, and he's healing people, and, and then he has these Jason Bourne moments where he's narrowly escaping capture out of a window from the side of a building, and, and it's this very fast-paced, adventurous, active lifestyle. And then all of a sudden he gets caught, and he gets thrown in prison, and he's chained to a stone floor that's cold. And he probably doesn't have a lot of his clothes on. 
and he probably doesn't eat a lot, and he's probably really thirsty. And probably every once in a while, a guard comes through and he says, hey, can, can I tell you about Jesus? Because he's the whole purpose of my life. And nah, I don't want to listen to you. Okay. And he sings some songs and he worships the Lord. And sometimes, sometimes his friends come and visit him. I think that was the first year season for Paul. I don't think he was there voluntarily. I think God allowed him to be there. But he chose to hold to this truth that I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. An interesting thought. I think sometimes God uses us more in our first gear seasons than in our fifth gear. And here's why I say that. How many letters do you think Paul would have written if he wouldn't have ever went to prison? How many of these precious treasures and jewels that we have in the New Testament that, that form who we are as Christ followers? I don't think he would have sat down and wrote a letter. <laughs> I think when he was in prison, that's when those letters got written. And I don't know if that ever would have happened if God wouldn't have allowed him to go through that first year season. So that's where I'm at. And that's where Paul sometimes was at. But this is our challenge. Our challenge is to not allow our eyes to be consumed with the circumstances that surround us. To not just be looking for the next season, to not just be waiting for the next better thing. I can't sit around in my house and just wait for May 29th and to get on a plane and go home to the warmth of the Dominican and to my life of running and adventure and for my arm to heal up. I can't just sit and wait. I'll miss so much. God has me here and he has a purpose and he has a plan for me in this place. First of all, to know him more. Jesus wants to invite me to even greater depths than I've ever known in relationship with him. I don't want to miss that. And Jesus has people for, for me to reach. I think about my neighbors, my wonderful neighbors in this house that we're blessed to live in down in South O. These, these people that I don't want to get to the end of May and think, man, I never, I never got to know them and I never gave them the opportunity to meet Jesus because I was sitting around thinking about the Dominican. I don't want to miss that season. I believe there are specific people in these next five months that God wants to do something in their life and he wants to use me, not because of me, in spite of me. He wants to reach them. And I don't want to miss that just because I'm thinking about the fifth year life. How about you? What season of life are you in? What circumstances surround this new year that we all just entered into? I met some people that are running at fifth gear and, and life's just flying and everything's full cylinders. And I met some people who really are struggling, who wish they lived in warmer climates. I'm one of them. <laughs> who wish that their bodies were more fully functional. I'm one of them. I met some people who really don't want to be living in that place anymore, who really don't want to be getting up and going to that job anymore or answering to that boss anymore. Some of you really don't want to go back to an empty house at the end of the day. And some of you really don't want to go back to that same struggle in your marriage. Some of you wish that you didn't have to deal with those same issues with your teenage son or daughter anymore. 
But here's where the rubber meets the road. Are we going to just fix our eyes on what's around us and wishing for the next season? Are we going to get busy doing the stuff that God has for us here right now? Because that's where I'm at. I want to know Jesus more in this season than I've ever known him. And I want to make him known. And all of us have that opportunity, no matter where we're at. He's here with us. He's here in my season. He's in my house in South O. Just as he is in the Dominican. He's with all of you. Not only does he know your situation, but he is in your situation. And right there where you are, he wants to draw you into his heart like you've never known him before. And he wants to use you, yes you, yes now, to reach people that are around you. I want to be able to say and cling to that verse that I can do all things, not because of me, because of him who strengthens me in this season of my life. We're going to finish our time in prayer, and what I want to do is I want us to have kind of a long time of silence and, and just quietness before the Lord. We're going to ask the Father two questions. And I'd love for each of you in your hearts to ask God these questions. And then we're just going to sit and wait on him and be silent before him. And if he shows you something, if, if something presses on your heart, there's space in your bulletin and your notes there for you to write it down. But we're going to ask him for specifics. Lord, how can I know you more in this season? Father, who are specific people around me that I can impact for you? I want us to trust, trust the Lord this morning and ask in faith. In your hearts, ask the Lord. Father, reveal yourself to us this morning. Father, we ask Lord, how can I know you more, Jesus, in this season? Lord, who are the specific people around me that I can impact for you? Jesus, you are a good shepherd. And you walk through life with us. And you know our hearts. And you know everything that we feel and everything that's on our plate. 
And it's okay because you're with us. Jesus, I pray that you minister to your church. Lord, comfort and love and speak your truth that is light to our hearts this morning. There's purpose in this place. Lord, let us get our eyes off of the circumstances and on you, Jesus. Let us get busy knowing you. Let us get busy making you known, Jesus. We love you so much, Lord. I wasn't expecting <laughs> this much of a this morning, but God's here and, and God's doing stuff and it's been a joy to be with you this morning as a church and, and thank you uh, for letting me share. So I think this is it. You are dismissed. You are free to go or stay or hang or whatever you want. So thank you very much.